Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, up, Grab my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking pedicure on our toes, toes. Trying on all our clothes, clothes. Boys blowing up our phones, phones. Drop top and playing our favorite CDs. Pulling up to the parties. Trying to get a little bit tips. Don't stop make it pop DJ blow my speakers up tonight I'm a fight till we see the sunlight Tick tock on the clock But the party don't stop No Don't stop make it pop DJ blow my speakers up tonight I'm a fight till we see the sunlight Tick tock on the clock But the party don't stop Like Mick Jagger. I'm talking about everybody getting crunk, crunk. Boys try to touch my junk. I'm gonna smack him if he's getting too drunk, drunk. Nah, nah, we go until they kick us out. Or the police shut us down, down. Police shut us down, down. Police shut us down. Don't stop making pop. DJ
There we go. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Straight White Whale. We're back in the the studio this week, and we are joined with a guest this mm -hmm. time. This is our third episode back this year, and it's time to get uh, a guest, Hannah Morton. Yeah, Hannah Elizabeth Morton. Thank you. Use the stage name. I apologise. <laughs> I wrote that down as well, but I was like, I don't know if I should pronounce Elizabeth pronounce elizabeth um no it was because there was some other lassie in equity with my name and you have to if you're signing on to equity you have to like have your own name so that's why like whoopi goldberg's whoopi goldberg because there was somebody else with her name so you make up a new name so i just uh, picked my middle name but it makes me sound really fancy at the same time so why not it does that's mm -hmm. like me saying darren william connell Aye. I've, I'm actually Hannah Elizabeth Peyton Morton, which sounds so fancy. And then I was even thinking about it the other day that if uh, if me and my boyfriend got married, that I was like, oh, I don't want to take his name, so I would double barrel. But then I'd be Hannah Elizabeth Peyton Morton Ferguson, which sounds like a proddy name, and I can't I can't <laughs> do that. Tory vibes. A Tory vibes, yeah. Yeah, she owns land. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I own a really small flat in Shettleston, if that counts as land. But no, I was thinking farms. Like, <laughs> no, but thank you very much for coming into the studio. I reached out to you a couple mm -hmm. of months actually, a couple of months ago. But then Christmas came up mm -hmm. and all that stuff came up. But yeah, uh, and I chased you up. I was like, right, let's pin some dates down. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you getting in touch. It's yeah. good that you've came in. Hannah's uh, an actress, writer, and I thought you were a stand-up comedian. Yeah, it keeps happening where I think there, it's a weird thing. I was actually talking about this today, where in the like eight, like before the eighties, there was like stand-up was like a London thing, like a sort of like underground London thing. And then I think with the boomer, like obviously like the Edinburgh Festival and stuff like that. As soon as you say you do comedy, people assume you're a stand-up. Yeah. So I got that, like, working in restaurants and stuff like that, because that's what you have to do when you're very unemployed. Um, <laughs> you you go, oh, what do you do? And you go, oh, so I sort of do some comedy stuff and blah, blah, blah. There was guys I worked for and, like, worked with, like, in the kitchens for, like, four or five years who fully thought I was a stand-up. I'd go away and do, like, I don't know, we pant, we kiddie pantos and all this sort of stuff. And anytime I was away doing that, they'd be like, oh yeah, she's doing some stand-up gigs. I was like, yeah. absolutely not, never. Yeah. <laughs> so it happens all the time. 
I think as well people think Sad Girls Club's like a mixed bill, like a female comedy night or like a female sketch show or something like that. And I'm like, no, it's a comedy play. Yes. So a lot of that is down we'll we'll get to Sad oh, yeah, Girls sorry. Club in a moment, but a lot of that down is just people to like people just don't pay attention. Like I've got a night called Dad and Colin on the Funny Bunch. It shows you my name on the poster, my face on the mm -hmm. poster. And I've had people message me saying, will you be there? <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. But they th do they think you've just like royally given your name to like a night? Like <laughs> as if you're like, yeah. I dub thee. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> how many times do I need to tell you that I'm booking comedians and I'm hosting the night? It's mm -hmm. not like witchcraft. It's a, <laughs> it's not exactly a, an original idea either. It's like just a normal, regular comedy night. Aye, but, but mate, will you be there? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the first time I messaged you was to to say, do you do stand-up and would you like a gig? But oh, like, so you messaged me that, I think I just liked one of your instagram post i've been following you for i follow like quite a bunch of comedians and stuff like that but i think i was just following what you were doing and i liked something and then i was like oh i know exactly what's happened you've then went who's that looked at my stuff seen that it's all sort of comedy based and things like that and went like do you want to do stand up and don't get me wrong for a minute i was like could i fucking do it could i go and write something like but i've not i did one red raw once and hated it hated yeah. every single minute of it and got off because I, I realized like two minutes no i want 25 minutes so even though <laughs> I, like i i could talk for scotland but it's that way that i'm going like oh no i know i could get you on side in 25 minutes i know i can get you on side in an hour that's not the issue getting you on side in two minutes or three minutes which they're giving like you at red raw i'm like that's terrifying yeah that's absolutely awful when did you do a red raw Oh fuck! It was it was pre-COVID, so it must have been like two thousand eighteen or something like that. So we just done I'd done my first ever play that I I did wrote it all by myself. Uh, it was called A Work in Progress, and it was about um, two actors that locked themselves in a flat uh, to write the award-winning scripts and stuff like that, and then they just chat shite. So it was a load of stories. Yeah. And I sort of went like, oh, like I've sort of done these like big monologues without even thinking about it. But like I've made people laugh. I know where the I know where the beats are to make people laugh and stuff like that. I'll just get up and do one of those one of those them stories. Yeah. And I got up and I did it. And I think I I think because I knew it was two minutes or three minutes, I spoke at like the speed of light and was like <laughs> blah, 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 yeah. blah. and then I sort of went like okay, I'm done now, bye. And I don't, I think like everybody sort of like, no one booed me. No one went like, that was fucking awful. But I think they sort of went like, oh, that was an amusing little story. Yeah. And then that was it. But also I think, not to offend a stand audience, but like it's an odd audience. It's a really specific audience. They're there for like, they're there for like, boom, boom, choose. Yeah. And I'm like, more like, here's a, a really funny story about how I almost ruined my life. Yeah. Uh, in a very self-deprecating way and it's okay to laugh because I'm laughing at it Yeah, and uh, you can laugh too and they sort of go I don't really know what to do with that information yeah. so I hated it I, do, I think it's, it's quite <clears throat> lonely as well yes you sort of show up by yourself I think I showed up really early and I just kept doing laps round, round the stand <laughs> just going I don't know what to do with myself yeah. and uh, you show up and you get put in a room with a bunch of people that you don't know and they probably all know each other as well because the stand-up scene is really small. Yeah. 
and then you you sort of make chit chat and then they go okay Hannah it's your turn and then you do it and you come off and I think I sort of tried to stay for a drink and then went nah I'm getting the fuck out yeah. of here like this is awful do you remember who the compere was I don't me oh now that I know more about comedy I probably didn't know at the time but I think it was Roscoe yeah it was Roscoe and I think Marilyn Robertson was in the lineup and oh who's the Jamie Jamie McDonald the the blind yes. comic I think he was on as well so now that I know all that I'm like oh I know all these faces and I could have chatted to anybody yeah but I went in blind not knowing anything about the stand-up scene yeah. came from a proper drama background being like oh I can I can stand in front of an audience for two hours and talk and bear my soul and make them laugh and blah 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 two minutes on the stand stage I was like nope I dipped that green room sounds a lot better from when I did my first gig. Oh, so really? Good on you. Who was that? your first gig? My first gig was at Red Row in the stand. Oh, was it? And, you know, back then there was a lot of more uh, unfiltered people. Oh, really? Yeah, so like <laughs> bullies and, what are you doing that for? Like, All right. I'm so sorry. As I'm getting introduced to the stage. <laughs> so we've actually got an ad read that mm -hmm. we need to do. Would it be okay if Paul did an ad read? Go for it. I'm so excited to hear them. Oh, yes, wow. mm -hmm. and maybe you can actually get in about it. Oh, yeah. What are you selling? Well. <laughs> well. Got a beautifully written script here. Um, this week's sponsor is our long-term sponsor who has literally keeps me in ramen, uh, Arguing Co. Legal. So Arguing Co. Legal are a Glasgow-based law firm who have an office in George Square. They can assist you with most any legal issue, but if they can't, they'll point you in the right direction to a trusted partner. So no matter what the issue is, contact Alan Argue and Arguing Co. Legal. Their main area of expertise is personal injury claims. So if you've been in a car accident or injured at work, please get in contact and they will get you the maximum compensation that you deserve. The main difference between Arguing Co. Legal and all the big law firms that you see and hear advertising on the TV and radio is their level of customer service and their approachability. And guys, listen, I have used Alan and Arguing Co. Legal and it was absolutely amazing. And I get hundreds of money, so there you go. Um, <laughs> they are cheaper than any other law firm and they have a range of funding options, but you can also get no win, no fee, which is what I got. So I didn't part with any money whatsoever. It was the other side. But if you quote straight white whale, Alan will give you a discount off any fees. So contact Arguing Co. Legal on 01413784145. Their website is arguingco.co.uk. That's A-R-G-U-E-A-N-D-C-O.co.uk. Or you can get them at their office at 9 George Square. Thank you very much, Alan, for keeping the lights on. And listen, guys, we have Patreon. It is patreon.com <coughs> straight white forward slash straight white whale. You get all the funny bunch. Darren's got an Oren Moore show up there. There's me and Darren eating Korean food. There's all sorts of nonsense for less than a Starbucks coffee. So see if you can afford that. Please consider it's patreon.com forward slash straight white whale. And if you can't afford £5 a month, you can always go to Spotify and get a free podcast. But please consider that. Thank you very much, Paul. That was beautiful. That was all right, isn't Are it? Are you classically trained? I am not. And no. if you listen back to a few, I have absolutely fucked up. I'd read up more than a couple of times, <laughs> haven't I? Keep it's that. the personal injury claims. Yeah. That's I, a hard one to... That sounds like a drama kid vocal warm-up. Right. Like, personal injury Like, yeah. say it ten times fast. Yeah. It's a fucker. Uh, Does your boyfriend drive? 
My boyfriend doesn't drive. Ah. Uh, Why? I'm just... I mean, obviously, I don't want you to be in a car crash, but, <laughs> you know, at least you'll get money no, from it. I don't know what's happened to me, me and David. Um, we, like, my 17-year-old nephew is driving before the both of us. Yeah. But I think we... I did that thing where, like, I was living that sort of, like, working in restaurants in the town, lifestyle, hopping about, and, like... I went to college at like City or Glasgow College as well, which was like my mum's in Shettleston. So I'm like, I didn't have, like there was no reason for me to learn to drive. There was yeah. none of that. David is from Kilmarnock. So sadly he's from Kilmarnock. And uh, he <laughs> has to, uh, it's like you make that decision of you either move to Glasgow or you stay in Kilmarnock and learn to drive and drive yeah. to Glasgow. <clears throat> yeah. So he was getting out of Kilmarnock as fast as he possibly could. So yeah. like, I'm not learning to drive. And now we're in Shettleston as well, so we're going... The only thing that's really annoying us about not driving is, uh, like, the big food shop, which is a bit sad of us to be like, oh... There's way, there's way more, I'm 40, uh-huh. and I passed my driving test last year, <gasps> and you? I get shamed into it, right? So I've, I'm getting totally shamed, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. Well, mine's was pretty harsh. Like, some an auntie that I hadn't seen in, like, whatever, 20 years came up for Portsmouth for a funeral, and she was like, oh, do you not drive? And I was like, I live in town. I'm in the There's city. No point, I don't need eh? it. And she just turned around and went, grow up. <laughs> and, I, and I think there was something in my head was like, I day kind of need to grow up and get my driving <laughs> license. But tell you what, man, it, you can go anywhere for food. That That's like the, the big thing is mm-hmm. the big shop is so much easier. Um, yeah. you can just randomly just jump to Tesco at like three in the morning or yeah. whatever. That that's a, that's mm-hmm. quite fun. But the honestly, like you can just Google what's the best chip in Scotland, <laughs> and it's like it's an hour and a half away. Mum will go to the best chip in Scotland, and honestly, it's so good. I anytime we're, we're like, oh, maybe we'll go for like a wee weekend away here or there, blah blah blah. If it's not Edinburgh, then it's almost easier to go like abroad, like to get a flight somewhere to go instead of like. Let's drive up to the Highlands and like a pal who lives up in Sky, and he sort of he pulled, he pulled me up one day being like, "I and you never come up and visit me. I'm always down in Glasgow." And I was like, "How the fuck am I getting to Sky?" Yeah, like there is a bus, but I don't know if I want to do the bus. Why? That sounds dire. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older as well, mm-hmm. but see, recently in public transport, I get really agitated mm-hmm. and it makes me feel really nervous and stuff. There's drunk people in trains and. I just feel so claustrophobic and I, I feel like I'm like, it's time for me to get a licence now. Oh yeah, my boyfriend well. refuses to do Glasgow buses. Yeah. He's lived here, how long has he lived here? Maybe like over five years or whatever. Yeah, must be. Um, And he's like, has not set foot on a Glasgow bus. He's like, don't understand them. Don't get it. You Don't get your change back. There's drunk people on. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I'm, I'm like, nah, I'd, I'll get the bus anywhere. But it yeah. is like, don't get me wrong, big, huge, noise-cancelling headphones on. Don't make eye contact with anybody. Because there's scary men on buses. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk to the scary men. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, and also, it's, I'm, like, I used to dress a lot quirkier than I do now. And on, so I was just like a walking target getting on a bus. I'd like walk on a bus with a bowler hat on. And they're really, <laughs> they're really going to go for you, to be honest. Yeah, I, I was gigging last night and I had a, a joke kind of about that. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm a big guy mm-hmm. like, and I can walk through the streets and I'm fucking shiting myself. Aye. So I wonder what it's like for a female. It must be horrific. Oh, I, I went to get, it's, it's weird stuff. Like, I don't know how all my conversations end up about 
Glasgow's public transport system. But it's like, for me to try and get from Shettleston to try and get to Alexander Parade is actually like a bit of a pain in the arse because it's either you get a bus to Duke Street and have to walk up all the blocks because there's no direct bus or whatever. Anyway, so I was trying to get to Alexander Parade to a pal's flat and it's like not super late. It's like seven o'clock on a Friday night or whatever, but it's dark. And I was like, oh, I'll just walk along Shettleston Road and I'll get to that bus stop. And there's one guy standing and I go, Hannah, come on. Like, not, not everybody's a big... Not all men, Hannah. Uh, hashtag not all men. <laughs> and he was, that and man he was, was, yes. The man. I, of and, course he was. But the always, this is always how they fucking get you, is that you've got headphones on and I'll go, rah, 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 and you go, what? And you, you pull the headphone aside and you go, what? And he's like, you got time, hen? And I was like, oh yeah, it's seven o'clock or whatever. And it's fucking on the bus, like timetable thing flashing up. And I was like, yeah, it's seven o'clock. And he's like, right. So I just got papped out a subway, right? And I was like, oh, what did you do in subway? <laughs> and t- this guy told me a whole story as like as the victim of the story about how uh, there was a woman sitting in his seat in the local Shettleson Road subway, sitting in his seat. And I sit there every day. So I go over to her and I go, here, that's my seat. And I'm like, you've just went up and shouted at a woman <laughs> to get out your seat. And then they've obviously went, excuse me, sir, you have to leave now. And he was like, and I told them, my brother's got baseball bats, right? And I'm like, I don't know what you think you're going to get out of this conversation with me. And I literally had to be like, oh, mate, it's as well, like, I've worked in bars for years and stuff like that. So, like, I'm very good at just going like, oh, really? Okay, I'm going to go this way now. (laughs) Like, I I literally was like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you, my man. I'm going to leave. And... You're just going, I'm just hoping you're slightly drunk enough that you're not going to fall. Like, you know, you're not going to continue the conversation. Yeah. And I literally walked back on myself to the next bus stop and got on at the next stop and just <sighs> prayed that he didn't get on at the next one. But she didn't, so it was fine. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, great. This is what... My, my low-level autism's kicking in and I'm like, so if you were at the, the subway in Shettleston near the Tesco, why would you not go and get the train to Belgrove, change at Belgrove and go to Alley No, because this is the thing. <laughs> I, this is my I'm, bo- I'm sitting here no, like that. Me and my boyfriend have this conversation all the time because he's like, the train's quicker and sometimes you don't have to pay for it and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, because if I get it at Duke Street, if I get, no, if I get the train from Shettleston to Belgrove, then I have to walk back on myself to then go up. No, you can change at Belgrove to get the Springburn train that takes you to Alexandra Parade to train forever. station. No. It'll probably take you just about the same amount of time to go on the bus and come into town. But I feel like if I get the six day and get dropped off at the bottom end of uh, Duke Street, then I can just wo- uh, then I can just cut up. Easy. Sorry, Don. Don's pure. What are these places? That yeah, I'm just about? like, what about the mentally ill guy that was nearly attacking her? Like, I know. I'm sorry. You're talking about shortcuts. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's alright. Shettleston is full yeah, of like. He didn't. He didn't. The be- threatening to attack people. me. He was threatening to attack somebody else and stuff. But he was just telling me the story. Yeah, but you know, I've got a feeling that he wouldn't say that to me at a bus stop either. No. And I'm not being like. A hundred percent. I'm uh, not being male. F- you know, creepy male mm-hmm. feminist. I'm not being that guy. No, no, no. You know. Uh, but yeah, I don't think right. people like that would say that to me at a bus stop. It's like the guy would. It, it's like this weird thing that you get with guys where. He's telling you a story where he's saying, I am violent. Yeah. I have weapons. Mm-hmm. I like. 
I've just been barred from a subway. subway. And then if you were to go, like, this is intimidating me, I feel threatened. They'd be like, "Ah, fucking... Fuck's sake, man. Can you, do you I can't I mean? see anything these days. Uh-huh. Can you talk like, to women now? <laughs> so you said that you worked in ah, exactly you said that you worked in a bar, say like the guys that will keep the change in their hand and like touch the top of your hand as you go to take it out. You oh, know, like yeah. the creepy guys who would be like, Well, what's wrong with that? And you would be like, Right, well, but there's just nothing technically anybody. wrong, but you're just making an excuse to touch somebody, mate. Oh, like, I, but that it's so weird because like in the in the in the streets that makes me sound like gangster but I'm like <laughs> when I'm like walking about in the streets and they're scary men and I've lived in the East End of Glasgow like my whole life so I'm like alright oh, okay but I'm literally like danger there is danger that man yeah. I'm going to be dead in a ditch somewhere but working at I was recent and I still cover shifts there when like they need somebody and stuff like that the Pally Bar on Duke Street was where I was working for years and something happens when you uh, there's a power shift of the fact that I'm behind the bar and I'm in charge of you getting your next pint, <laughs> that I literally am pure, like, I'm barring folk. Well, maybe not barring folk, but I'm literally pure, no, that's enough, out now. And they'll be like, yeah. oh, eh. these big guys that could honestly batter me. And I'm just like, nope, like, out. And some, and it, it's a weird thing as well. Like, if you're a guy behind the bar, they'll try and fight you. But if you're a tiny little woman who's got a smile on her face while well, she's going, no, honey, I think that's enough. I think you need to go now. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry, hen. Like, I didn't mean it. And, I, but, and they just, and it's like this magical thing that happens. Yeah. There's one guy in particular that comes in, this guy called Clement, and he's barred from everywhere, right? And we didn't really realise this because he would come in and he was quite a jolly guy and he'd tell you about his girlfriend. It turns out there's no girlfriend, there's no child he's been talking about. Oh, like, God. it's all made up. And... <laughs> He'd come in and he just wants to say hi to you and you go, oh, right, okay. And then he started to, like, more stuff like leaving without paying for pints and then eventually he was getting violent and all this sort of stuff. So he's like, barred, barred, barred yeah. now. And <clears throat> it's one of those ones where, like, he'll still pop his head, he'll still try and he'll come in and be like, hey, hey. And he'll ask for certain people that work there. He's like, oh, I'm here. Oh, where's Cam? Where's my friend Cam? I just want to talk to Cam. And I was covering a shift. I hadn't worked there in, like, a good year or something like that, I'm on with a bunch of people who also were new. And so they assume I'm new or whatever. And I'm like standing at the edge of the bar or whatever. And he just pops in and he goes, hey, like, hey, what's happening? I'm looking for Cam. And this voice comes out of me that I literally went, no. Like I was like, no, out, you know you're bad. It's like, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, what? I'm an engineer. I'm an engineer. Like you can't. And I'm like, you're not an engineer. That's a complete fabrication. There's no child. There's no wife. You're not an engineer. Get out. And honestly, these new starts looked at me as if like you're mental, and I was yeah. like, no, this this is how you have to you have to have a firm hand for him, or else he'll just come in and they will never leave. But yeah. I'm like, if I if I was out on Duke Street, walking past him on Duke Street, wouldn't make eye contact with him. Would yeah. be like, no danger in the pub somehow. I'm like, I'm the bouncer somehow. Aye, you're the gaffer. Aye, there's nights as well where like you know what I mean. It's like orange walks or like old firm games or whatever and we uh, the Glasgow Derby aye, fun, t- fun times and uh, we don't have a bouncer on the door and Oof. so you're the bouncer yeah and so you just have to be like no no wrong oh, wow. out and it's like me it was me and another girl my pal Rona who she's now retrained to become like a tech teacher uh, and she's maybe one of the coolest funkiest tech teacher think of Picture a tech teacher in your head. Alcoholic, middle aged man. You're not picturing Papa Rona. She's covered in tattoos and she's like gothy. She's always got her nails done and stuff like that. 
but she's got that like voice in her where like she'll just be like no that's yeah. you you need to go out blah 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 so i was like oh you're a good barmaid and then also a great tech teacher yeah. <laughs> to just be like no that's enough now darren i'm wondering have you ever frequented duke street yes on the orange walk <laughs> on the day of the big walk not the walk and no. i'll tell you a story that sums it up right there was one time I used to, I'm saying ah, I had a mate that stayed on Duke Street. I pretty much stayed in his fucking I flat. Might as well. One of the ones I like 20, 21, you're like, I don't get him, I just stay here. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have been that young. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We were in his flat. We used to just sit and get a drink and just hang out the window. And it was like a zoo. Mm-hmm. It was the corner of Whiteville Street. Oh, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. Like, but a wee bit further down in the parry, like maybe a couple of blocks, but close enough to the loudin that you can smell it, you know? And um <laughs> That's just dropped 50% of your listeners there. But <laughs> I'm sorry. They sell a Fact, good toasty. Facts are facts. Fine, them the facts. <laughs> but, but they sell a good toasty. Yeah. Come <laughs> back, listeners. Oh, okay. Can I put a pin in your story that the when the Queen died, oh my God, the Lord works hard, but the Loudon <clears throat> Bar works harder. <laughs> oh, it, she'd not been dead maybe half an hour. Somehow... Did a memorial? Full memorial... Pre-made. The shutter on the <laughs> when they pulled the shutter down, full length like queen, like painted on the shutter. <laughs> on, I was like, "How have you guys? That you have had this locked and loaded." Yeah, hundred percent. You've been ready. They knew that they seen the rumours. They seen the BBC breakfast accidentally put it across the screen the day before. <laughs> but like, this, go go go. So this story, right? This just sums it up. There's a guy shouted a guy across the road, and he was like, "Tommy." And the guy came to the window and he went, they've just ticked me a Union Jack. <laughs> that, so he's went and, like, do you know what ticked is? Aye, like, Aye. what, like, on tick? Uh-huh. So the shop <laughs> ticked this guy a Union Jack on the day of the big walk. That's mm. the sort of type of, you know, it's it's interesting. Clientele. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. It's an interesting place in July, Duke Street. But that's it. The Pally Bar sort of became, like, an unofficial... <clears throat> I'm now just advertising my old work. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the became an unofficial like Celtic pub because there's so many Rangers pubs and we are like got telly it's like sort of trying to be like a hipster bar but then it's got like it's like a gastro pub isn't it it doesn't really know what it is to be honest but it's like it's like it's no the snug pub where you get like a tenants for two pound fifty yeah which don't get me wrong with the way prices are going I might be in the snug very soon but uh, <laughs> it's like, so it's sort of like you can get food, there's tellies, you can watch the game and it's like strictly like on the doors, like no, no football colours. But then when everybody's going to Celtic Park for the oh, come on. for the home games, I'm like, I can't tell every single person in here to take their fucking yeah, take their Celtic scarf. top off. Yeah. But it's because there's nowhere else for them to go. That yeah. It's like literally it's like standing room only, not even standing room only, like you cannot move. For the amount of Celtic fans. I think there's a Rangers pub on the sub crawl, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I think when you get to Ibrox, there's like the first pub. Uh, there's a few. Yeah, I went in. I was like, <coughs> you know, but pretty. I've, I'm a Celtic fan. I was like, I don't know if I should go in. And they're like, it's £2 a pint. All right. I'll be there. Thank let's you. Let's go. Ah. God save the Queen. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> um, let's just stay here for the rest of the uh, night no, and save money. Great. So you work in the comedy industry as well, don't I you? I do, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, vaguely, I'm sort of in the room while big decisions are getting made and things like that, but I run all the the social media for the, at the moment, for the Glasgow International Comedy Festival. And 
then if things work out, which I hope they do, um, I did it last year for Gilded Bloom as well, which is Edinburgh Festival. Yep. Which was a month of just fun. Mm-hmm. Like, on, like you know what I mean? Like, it's a job, you're getting paid, you need to show up at a certain time. But I'm used to doing the Fringe when you, you're doing a show for no money. Yeah. And you come back with less money than you had when you went in and... Any money you make, you have to pay people and like all this sort of stuff. So the fact I was getting paid every week to go and like post some funny things on social media, I was like, this is amazing. Aye, <laughs> like, this is weird. Loved it. Getting minimum wage. <laughs> I, like it's minimum wage, it's fine or like whatever it is. But yeah. I'm like, and then we all, because technically I'm technically in the press office mm-hmm. as well. Because like I sort of need to be like looked into certain things and all that sort of stuff. But like literally met some of the best people I've ever met in my life and then we all finish our shift and we'll go up to the Nevis bar and drink loads of wine and then do the same thing the next day and I was awesome. like this is beautiful I love this well that's nice that you work for the Glasgow Comedy Festival mm-hmm. for because years it was kind of the same team for about mm-hmm. 20 years and then COVID happened mm-hmm. and I think that person those people stepped away because of COVID mm-hmm. and just for a new thing because well, yeah know. so it's my the the big boss Kristen mcdonald um which look at that a woman running a comedy festival we love we love to see it um but she pretty much i think she picked it up because she literally was like i can't let this die yeah um because like well that's it our, our bloody slogan is uh glasgow's the funniest city in the world and it's like I, that's that, that's a proper sentiment there's a type of humor here and there's a type of grit here that you don't get anywhere else and then if we don't have a comedy festival to sort of represent that like it's sort of it's just a waste isn't it like it is a waste <clears throat> so don't get there's like five of us that run it technically and i think that's what i mean when i'm in the room as much as i'm like running the socials and like just posting things and like all that sort of stuff like it's a really small team doing this year. There's over 500 shows or something like that. Yeah. So during the festival, uh, I'm running about like a blue arse fly, just trying to like, especially for social media, you almost need to like, need to be there to see it, to take the photos, to do all the stuff. Yeah. But I, last year, like, I cried a lot last year. <laughs> of, like, I, just being like, I'm so tired. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine how I stressful it would be. Like, <coughs> but was it... I'm so sorry. No, you're okay. <coughs> Wasn't it always a, a female that ran the Glasgow Comedy Festival? I think I it was know Sarah. It was Sarah and Jay. Yeah. Last year. I think they were like co people, yeah. which is amazing to see. But just in general, of like this year, especially, we're trying to like put a lot. Because I think it was chat last year of like, we obviously want to like hire, if we're putting on a mix bill, like how many girls can we get? How many women can we get? And then you sort of go like, oh, there is girls, but maybe they're not at the same caliber as the other guys we're hiring. And we go, why is that? And it was like, oh, they've just not had as many opportunities. They've not had as many chances to to do it as the guys have. Yeah. So it feels like the sort of women's comedy scene, and this is my opinion on it, of like, we're maybe like 10 years behind where we should be. Like, don't get me wrong, you've got like amazing, like proper powerhouse stand-ups of women but they have to be better than the guys. Yeah. So they have to like you can't just be you can't just be a mediocre female stand up because if you go on and you're mediocre, then people go, see, I told you, I thought I, I always knew women weren't funny. And yeah. you go, 
Aye, but you don't care that that guy on before was mediocre because he's the standard. Do you know what I mean? So it is one of those things like we're really pushing to try and be like, right, this year we're doing like a a, a free like intro to comedy for women um, because it's just like I was talking to you earlier about like me doing Red Raw. I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I came from a drama back and I'm noticing that as well. Like most women who are getting into stand-up are coming from like a drama background. Uh-huh. So you're doing, I don't know, hypothetically four years of drama to figure out that you're funny and then you've probably went away and wrote something that's maybe taken a year and then even getting the confidence to go do that. And if if a woman is going to put on a show, say at the Glasgow Comedy Festival, say at the Edinburgh Fringe, that's been a really thought out thing that you're going to do and it'll probably have a beginning, a middle, a, an end and there'll be a bit of a plot to it and all this sort of stuff. And uh, then there is, in my opinion, a lot of men who maybe go... I have made my pals laugh in the pub quite a lot. I'll just go book the Griffin and do a wee 15 minutes. Yeah. And like, you know, like more power to them. Like if you're funny, you're funny. But it's like that thing where, is it something like, you know, at the moment they're trying to get more girls to code, to be like coders and stuff like that. There was a story where like the teachers will go over and be like, oh, you've not, like to the girls be like, oh, you've not done anything. You've not put anything, like typed anything out. And they go, aye, because I don't want to get it wrong. But whereas guys will just like, guy coders will just start. Yeah. They'll just start and they'll just start putting all the code down and then they'll go, oh yeah, that bit was wrong. I'll take that off. Yeah. So it's that way that it's like that starting block for women to do it. So we're just wanting more women to do things and be funny and giving them a wee bit more opportunities to be funny. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it was... So uh, that was a, a, not- long, a long walk for a short... And there's a phrase in there. I don't know what I'm trying to sure, say. Sure. Why did I understand what you were saying? Yeah. No, I think the two years the are fucked. I'm like, I a long walk for a short time. I, I know. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but here, look, um, the, you know, the industry was uh, basically, you know, working man's clubs. Uh, a lot of kind of middle-aged guys that all look the same and mm-hmm. all the kind of same jokes. Some and white men with microphones. I basically uh, <laughs> white fat pieces of shit like me. Um, no, but you no, know, but more power to them. Like if they're funny, they're funny. But I mean, that's what it really for me. That's what it boils down to. Like, you, you, I'll never book you if you're not funny. Mm. I don't care who you are or what, what you what you are. Your sexual doesn't mean anything to me. Are you funny? Yes or no? And I'll book you. Um, but like when I first started, I remember sitting in the audience of the stands. And when Janie Godley, perfect oh, example. Fantastic. Before she even got, I've seen her more than once before she's even got to the microphone. I've seen people be like, oh, for fuck's sake. People hate her. They can't stand her. But, and guys just getting up and walking to the bathroom. Ugh. And I'm like, they've not even gave her a chance to touch the mic yet. Mm-hmm. And then... I've just seen that so many times, but it is changing. Like mm-hmm. I done a gig at Drygate last night, and uh, I think I was the only white straight guy oh, really? on the bill. So oh, fantastic. Um. So yeah, it's changed, and mm-hmm. you know, any comedy lineup I see, I see more than one female, and then mm-hmm. I can name, like you know, back in the day, you'd say, "Oh, Janie Godley," mm-hmm. but now it's like Rachel Jackson, mm. a like the. What's Amanda's night, um, girl? Material uh, girl. Material girl, mm-hmm. like, you know, 
So there's like amazing, it's not just, oh, there's amazing headliners. It's like uh -huh. there's amazing openers, there's good middles. Mm -hmm, so it's mm -hmm. good. Ruth Hunter as well, she's very funny. The Irish girl. Yes, no, I have seen her as well. And then there's like Jay Lafferty's been around for ages as well. She's a cracking MC. And it, there's just like so, like now doing the job that I do, like I thought I knew the comedy scene. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of why I sort of like bridged the gap into like, I was like, yeah, like I know how to do like this social media job, but also like I write comedy and I know stuff about comedy and I know all this sort of stuff. And it wasn't until I started doing it that I was like, oh no, I know like the sort of acting comedy scene. Yeah. Which is really different to like the stand up comedy scene, which you think like Glasgow's so fucking small, it should just be one big scene. Yeah. But I was like, oh wait, I don't know any of these people. And now, obviously, me doing social media, I feel like I just spy on people all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know you did well. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I, I feel like there's been, for someone that's been in the, in the industry for so long, I have seen, the. Ch I think it's changed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good that it's changed. Um, there's been moments when it's been really toxic. There's been cliques. Mm -hmm. There's been creeps. Mm -hmm. And it seems to have changed no it seems really from an outsider's perspective of like especially because i just look at everybody's socials all the time and stuff like that and then even when we had the we had the launch for the glasgow comedy festival last week and it was just a room full of pals to be honest like yeah. it wasn't like don't get me wrong you get like sponsors coming and all this sort of stuff but it was a lot of people who were just there like chatting away with their pals and that sort of the vibe we're wanting to like do we're going to do like a sort of afters thing where it's just going to be like comedy festivals on. Uh, this bar is going to be where we set up base camp. And it's not going to be like a come watch a mixed bill or anything like that. It's just going to be like come hang about with your comedy pals yeah. and like talk to us and all this sort of stuff. What was really nice as well that like I was like I'm constantly just like the social media gremlin like in the corner taking photos and stuff like that. And I turned around and it was uh, Ian TC. Do you know him? The tattoo guy? I I've, I think I only spoke to him like once or twice last year and I sort of caught him in a shot and he was like, oh, like, watch yourself there, Hannah. And I was like, you know me? <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> I felt like I've made, like, I don't, last year felt a wee bit lonely for me just because I was like, I don't know anybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm standing, I've worked a stupid 14 hour day trying to see all these shows, trying to like take all the pictures. Uh, last year we did have a sort of late night mixed bill thing. And I'd be there until, I don't know, two in the morning just standing. I was like, oh, there's nobody to chat to. Like, there's nobody to really... Yeah. And I think, like, this year it feels nicer of, like, I already know a couple of people. and I already, Or, like, if they don't know me, they know my face and I know their face. And then that's how that's how things happen. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. how you end up going, oh, let's do this thing. Or we're putting on this night and I now know you. Do you want to come be a part of that? Like, I think it's as... Not as simple as that because I think if you if I'd said that to myself I don't know ten years ago when I was trying to like start out and like doing comedy and things like that I've been like yeah just go talk to people and network I would have been like fuck off yeah. I don't want to do that but yeah. now somehow sort of being half in it I'm like all right okay this is how you talk to people and this yeah. is how you chat and this is how you go my show's on your show's on we should go see both shows yes. like nice stuff it just seems like it seems more pally. Yes, mm -hmm. that's why I invited you to the Funny Bunch and I was a little bit flustered when I met you just because it was a room full of Christmas jumpers and Yeah, everybody... and I also showed up like an hour and a half early thinking Aye. that's where it started. So and everyone <laughs> was fault. full of cocaine and I'm like, hi Hannah, <laughs> thank you. 
for coming. I think as well, like, I would never do that, but you'd said, like, oh, I've, I've put a ticket or a comp aside for you or whatever. So I was like, oh, right, okay. And I went up to the door and I was like, yes, Darren's put a comp aside for me. And the guy was like, no, he hasn't. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure he said, I was like, don't get wrong, I would have bought a fucking ticket. Like, I didn't mind. And he was pure, he was like, no, no. And then he just sort of like came out his wee box and went, Darn! And I was like, no, please don't do this. <laughs> like, I was like, no. And then you just looked stressed out your box. Aye, I was like, let her in, please, just fucking let her in. Um, the stench of Christmas jumpers, it smells like tin. Have you ever smelled tinsel? Kinda smells like tinsel. I get you, like plasticky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aye. I know. So you are doing a show. I am doing a show. And it's, I'm going to turn up. Mm-hmm. And a Christmas jumper full of cocaine. Just so I can smell it off Yeah, you. the ultimate callback that. to a joke that only three people get. Um, That's the sort of vibes we want to bring to Sad Girls Club. <laughs> I stand at the back, I'm a fat white piece of shit. <laughs> Have you ever been heckled that before? No, not that in particular. I'm looking forward to the I know, show you're then. like, done, mm, pinning mm, it in. Mm. So you are doing Sad Girls Club mm-hmm. at the Oran Moor, which is a... Amazing venue. Honestly, I might as well be playing the fucking hydro. That's how I feel. Like, yep. I'm literally like... Because that was it. Like, we're, we're produced this year as well, which is absolutely crazy. Because um, we sold out last year. We were the only thing to sell out in our venue last year. What was the venue? It was at <laughs> Strathclyde Student Union. But the new one. So yeah. they've got this, like, cracking black box theatre that seats 180 folk or something like that. Yeah, man. two that's... nights... Sold out both of them, and it was it was. But you know what we like? I booked it being like right, sad girls club. The vibe is sort of like bring the. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Gals, get a wine, sort of millennials, Gen Z, that sort of thing. And so I was like, oh, cracking, like it's in the union mm-hmm. and it's a brand new union and there's a bar right next to it. There's a bar in the space as well. So I was like, oh, these are the vibes. Yeah. But you sort of forget that like, I don't know, unis don't really utilize their spaces as much as they should. Because there should be stuff in that space constantly yeah. like see if i worked there i'd be like book stand up here book bands book all this sort of stuff 
we showed up and they were a bit like, who are you? What are you here for? Like yeah. that sort of thing. I had to go round like lassies like in the bar, giving them flyers, being like, you should come see this. Like you should. But it was, so it was a bit of a weird one, but sold it out. Like it was fucking cracking. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I've, I've not done a gig in the new one, but mm -hmm. when I used to do gigs in the old venue, it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Where is the new one? It's a bit hidden away. It's like, you know, like the big hill. I'm bad with street names. Rotten Row. Yeah, where the Rotten Row used to be. It's honestly like, looks like you can't drive down it. It's got like bollards and stuff. And it looks like a uni right. building, but it's all glass. Right. And you honestly rock up thinking, oh, they're going to like ID me or something like that. They're going to be like, are you a student here? You can honestly just wander in. The bar's cheap as fuck as well. <laughs> Which yeah. I was like, yes, my people. Um, and they've got this cracking space in there. So if you're ever looking for, it's 180 seats, 160 seats or something like that. That's brilliant. Uh -huh. So it, that was amazing that we sold that out twice last year. And then this year I was like, right, one, we need a bigger venue. And two, I've like pushed this as far as I can by myself. Yeah. Because I'm literally like, what's the, the thing that's like, uh, wrote the theme, th theme tune, sing the theme tune. Yeah, Little Britain. I, like I, I wrote it. It's all my stories is what it's like. So there's four girls in the cast, but I may as well have split myself into four people. It's all my stories. It's all my experiences. It's all my trauma as well. And I wrote it, produced it. Um, I run the socials for it. All the poster images are mine. Like the poster we've got just now, like it's a cracking photo, but it was taken in my living room with my pal, with a camera. I'm editing it. Like the rehearsals we did for the Fringe were uh, in my living room with one of my couches up on it, up on an end behind like a door so that we could fit everybody in. Like just stuff. And then like now, like the girls use it as like an unofficial like headquarters. They just like open the door up here. Hello. Like <laughs> my boyfriend's just like has to deal with it pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I, so like it got to that point where I was like, <clears throat> I know how to flyer. I know how to sell myself. I know like I just need like that extra push. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So when I spoke to Glasgow Comedy, obviously it's weird because I work there at the same time. So I was, it almost feels like I, I wear, like I finish at four o'clock and then I put another hat on. And now I'm Hannah who produces Sad Girls Club and yeah. we're going to talk about that. And we sort of try and keep it like as fave as possible. But as soon as I said to Krista, I was like, any chance that like, I think it needs to be produced. And she literally was like, yep, where do you want to go? And I went, I mean, I'd love to be in the on more. And she was like, okay, cool. What date works for you? And I was like, what? Amazing. Like, and she was like, I wouldn't, it's not because you work here, it's because yeah, I've seen it. And it's, she honestly, I literally saw her walk into it. Um, I think she came in like 15 minutes late or whatever and just sat by herself and watched it. And of course, you're just sitting there going, that thing I was saying earlier of like, you're saying your words, but you're actually just watching yeah. her sitting there. And I was like, ah. and she literally was like, I watched it. I saw you sell it out. I saw you sell it out by yourself. Um, I loved it let's do it pretty much and you know what I mean? she was like you don't need to sell this to me you don't need to go yeah so i was ready to do the hard seller going like oh it's four women and they're and they're all allowed to be funny at the same time and and you don't have many plays in the festival and you don't have that and she was like nope i want it so i was like oh, okay so yeah. the fact that we're doing more and more i'm like 
that's shitting am- myself. <laughs> that's amazing. Is our tickets still available? Oh yes, there are tickets available. I think we're sitting at thirty-five tickets sold at the moment. Um, <laughs> you'll get there, but you'll get there. No, it's one of those ones that I know I'm not sitting going. Oh my god! I had my dad being like, "Right, so if you get a good fifty, that'll be good." Yeah. And I was like, "Bob, no, we're going to get more than that." Yeah. So it's a, I think it's like two hundred and fifty seats, two hundred and seventy seats, or something like that. Um, well, I did a show and they told me that there was 310 in it. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. So I think it's one of those ones like they can pull out more seats if they want to. Yeah. Which don't worry, I'm like, pack the sad girls in. Like, yeah. Bring, like, find, find the sad girls that you know and bring them to <laughs> me and I'll fix everything for you. Well, I was looking at the, the poster that des- describes the show and like a lot of it seems lighthearted as well, but mm-hmm. there's some serious stuff there too. Yes. Uh, well, it's, sort of, it's one of those ones where we sort of accidentally tick a lot of boxes without hitting you over the head with it. Yeah. It's one of those, like, and it also like stuff like, it's all my experiences. So I can't talk about certain experiences that I've not like experienced i guess um so therefore like i didn't really want to touch like because the the whole reason i wrote the play was because i got chucked i got really really horribly chucked by this guy that i was living with turns out he had a secret girlfriend like had to move back into my mum and dad's house i cried constantly and so i that's technically like quite a superficial out of the plethora of women's issues that's like, oh, my boyfriend broke up with me and I'm sad. But I sort of realised within that, that I was like, actually, like, we're sad about a lot of things. We're sad about, like, just the sort of society that we live in and the patriarchy and the sort of boys clubs. And so you can go from saying there's a bit in it where we just, like, list things that are making us angry. And it goes from being like, my boyfriend broke up with me to, like, mansplaining manspreading dick pics like unsolicited unsolicited hugs and opinions and boris johnson and like blah 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 like honestly like we had to stop ourselves making a list also when you start to mention boris johnson you have to add in all the more we do it we have to add in more names of prime ministers yeah (laughs) which were like right no you take rishi sunak (laughs) i'll take trust (laughs) like i'll take but i (sighs) so it's sort of as much as sometimes we don't go into those issues they're all bubbling there if that makes any sense yeah yeah can i ask did you say man spreading man spreading can i ask you what that is please you know how do you not know what man you're doing it right now well technically technically i would say that from my understanding of man spreading is somebody doing it deliberately wider in public Mm. so that they take up more room and potentially like get contact with somebody that's sitting next yeah, to them it's not even that sinister in my opinion i would say that so as as a lady you've been told to constantly make yourself smaller like you've been told to smile and be polite and don't be rude to anybody and don't take mm. up too much space because even you being polite and not being over opinionated that's making yourself smaller so you sort of naturally even like years i've waitressed I constantly tuck myself like I'm co- if I'm in a room I'll be leaning against the wall or I'll be like sort of making sure I'm in nobody's way because yeah. that's sort of the messages that you've been given whereas if you're a man in my opinion you've not been given that you've been told you can take up as much fucking space as you want 
So you can sit, like, so the fact that like your natural stance is to sit with your legs wide open means that you're just taking up space because you fucking can. I mean, I know this is going to sound mental, right? But I'm sitting with my legs open because there's a penis and balls in and between it's my legs. Just so big, and, and you need to. No, <laughs> like. I, it's just natural no, I understand, for a man but like, for me to sit like that it's, no, it's my natural kind of I understand that but like nobody's ever told you not to do that yeah it's like when I was growing up my dad would say see when you walk into a room look around the room make sure that you see the guy that you think's the biggest and hardest and walk into the middle of the room and sort of like peacock yourself in front of and them you're like, told to be as big as possible yes, uh -huh. and I'm not saying that's all guys of like there's guys who are like really socially anxious and don't, don't want to be the biggest guy in the room and they're really like, well, don't look at me. But it's a problem. It is a problem <clears throat> but it is just like, as a general sort of thought process, you're not ever really told, and I think the issue with like, so guys who ha who are an anxious and don't want to be the biggest guy in the room is because you're battling against the fact that you're probably told to be the biggest guy in the room or you need to batter the biggest guy in the room or something like that. Yeah. But so it means, it's just stupid stuff of like, so then when I go on a train or a bus or whatever, if a guy sits next to me, I have to be yeah, up against the window, whereas he's not doing that. Yeah. Look, I, I wasn't denying that there. No, no, I, no. I have been on a train. I've been on trains before, and I have seen men with our legs like that. Have you never and even been yourself? Like, I've been in places where I'm 6'5", like 100 kilo, I'm not a wee guy, mm. and the guy next to me, I'll be like, mate, going to fucking shut your legs, going to mm -hmm. move over, and they'll be like, oh, sorry, and you're like, mate, I'm crammed into the fucking corner, going to, like, fuck's uh, sake. But no, it's like, you don't you even realise you're yourself. doing it, and that it's not like, because earlier you were like, oh, because it's guys want, like, they're trying to touch you or whatever. Don't get me wrong, there are those fucking creepy bastards who are trying to do that, but I think it's just like... Unconscious You've never had to think about it. Yeah. Whereas women are constantly thinking about, am I too loud? Am I talking too much? <clears throat> am I, like, taking yeah. up space in this room? Am I, like, eat, like uh, talking about waitressing and stuff like that. There was a guy that I worked with who only, used to block exits, and he didn't... He wasn't a bad guy. I've heard that so much. I did refer woman, to him as Creepy Steve way. quite a lot, but and that wasn't even his name. But he he was very much that guy that was like, Where's my hug? That guy. Yeah. And then <clears throat> he used to stand at the end of the bar and like so Make many you squeeze past him. Aye, but like just constant like big stance, arms on either side of mm -hmm. the bar. And I was like, you make me feel as if if I want out of here that I'm not getting out of here. And I didn't yeah. think that's what he was actually trying to do. Yeah. Don't think he's a bad guy. But I was just like, you don't even notice you're doing this. Yeah, yeah. And, and to come back to what you were saying about men who are socially anxious or men who don't fit into the paradigm of, you know, like masculinity and that means that you are a man if you're mm -hmm. masculine. Like, men are victims of this shit as well. Like, the standard, like... Do you know what I mean? And like we're expected I, to, to see, I hate it when I hear guys being like fucking feminists and they are oh here we go, patriarchy and blah blah blah. And you're like, mate, you're a victim of You're a victim of I'm a victim of Women Darren, didn't set that Darren's, standard. A, Darren's a victim of the patriarchy. Like my dad was a victim of it. Like he felt yeah. like he had to be the big man because he yeah. and it all comes for fear. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then he instilled yeah. that fear into me. So as much as like I'm saying to you, mm -hmm. like I was one hundred percent one of the guys that would walk into a house party and I would be loud Aye. and I'd be like, All right, you know what I mean? And then people would be like, All right, okay. I'm a total victim of that shit and I hate it. Aye. I fucking hate it. I hate having to compete. 
Oh, it's like my, you know what I mean? my like, boyfriend's quite a, he's like a skinny wee emo guy and that's my type. I like them small and emo and uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's like maybe just like half an inch shorter than me. I'm like 5'8". So he, for a guy, he's quite wee. And honestly, that's all, like I think I, get, I gave him the option the other day where I was like, right, so if you could take an inch off your height but get like a full lovely head of hair, would you take it? And you saw him being like, oh fuck, what is it bald? No, just like not he's not bald, but like just like luscious lot. You know, I mean, right, like he uh-huh. notices every guy's hair that walks it. As right. like height and hair seems to be across the board. That's what guys are really stressed about. Is that insecurities? <clears throat> oh yeah, and it's but I'm like, see if you want to wear fucking like girls wear wigs and put makeup on and all this sort of stuff to make yourself feel better. I can barely get David to moisturize like yeah. that's any spare. Oh, don't know about that. Don't know mm. like, but. It's not, he's not, like, he's used to being a wee guy. Anywhere he walks in, he, get, he gets a, he's called Wee Davy quite a lot, which <laughs> makes him sake. sound like a wee man down the pub. Wee Dave, Wee Davy. It's, guys do that thing as well where, like, they go, all right, wee man. I'm like, you haven't, you've I never met never this guy that. before. I would never say Old that to a grown adult. I would never say that to well, a grown adult. Man. We, all right, wee man. Like, yeah. we've, how many people we had come in in the podcast, guests, whatever, I, I'm, I, nearly every guy I meet is shorter than me. I can imagine oh, I, being like, all right, wee man. Yeah. I, I would only say that to yeah. somebody who's like 16. Uh, no, he like, gets it actually all the time. Like actually age, you know, like wee man, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I get big Paul and, I, and you know, like I'm not a skinny guy. So I, uh-huh. I sometimes in my head, get, I'm like, all right, ben, ben, I, I get big man all the time, Aye. but I've had that my full life. But Aye. sometimes it's like, oh, big Paul. And I'll yeah. be like, are they meaning my height or my fucking belly? Like what they talk <laughs> about here? Like, Did you just fat shame me? Like, yeah, ah, exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Can we, you can keep talking. I need a pee. Is that all right? Uh, of course. Do, 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 do you want to stop? No, is that okay? No. I need a pee. Yeah, we'll I'm a I can't hold in a pee. We're back. Yes. Yeah, we don't need to edit edit that any of that I've got a timestamp uh, yeah but don't edit too much so we were talking about your boyfriend getting called wee man there Paul was talking about getting called big man Mm -hmm. and I actually I hate getting called big man and it's always destroyed me and I've got I've been treated for like body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. and see sometimes when people called me big man it would cut right through Mm -hmm. me but see as I'm getting older I've done therapy and stuff now don't get me wrong I've kind of got a one-strike policy, right? Mm-hmm. See if see if a comedian, like, if somebody cuddles you or something, mm-hmm. one strike, I'll let them say something one time. But a few, t- a couple of times, I'm like, mate, stop calling this big man. Aye. Like, I need to nip it in the bud. I'm all right with once, but if it's a common thing, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, and people get weird as well. Like, well, I remember they calling think, someone I out. I think they've been like, well, because you are calling them out, but it's not you going... You fucking arsehole. It's yeah. you just going like, no, like I'd just rather you didn't say that. Well, I no. think like people don't like upsetting other people. We are all like, I, I hate this, you know, don't be a people pleaser. We are a tribe animal. We are built to please each other, right? <coughs> so see this pish about like, but there's traumatic, you know, people pleasing that goes too far, right? But see there where you're like, well, I think I, I think everybody in the west of Scotland's like that. They're like me. I'm a people pleaser as well. But see when, like, when you chin somebody, or even if you have a polite, friendly word where you're like, listen, I don't like getting called mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? And like, oh, that upset me. I think you could look at it like people getting. That's the way they react. But I think inside, actually, they don't want to upset you, and the idea of them upsetting you upsets them. Yeah. And the way that they react to that is like. 
oh for fuck's sake like grow thicker but skin or blah 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 because you know? I think like see somebody and don't get like I I've just was talking to you about like I talk too much and so sometimes brain switches off mouth keeps going I put my foot in it all the time and so like people people have came to me and been like Hannah by the way I didn't enjoy that you said that or I can't hold my water like I've said something I wasn't supposed to or something like that my automatic gut reaction is oh my god I'm so sorry I honestly will just instantly go I'm so sorry I can't believe I did that I'm an idiot I'm a, even if on some level I go oh well actually that thing or actually I was okay to say that or blah 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 mm-hmm. I will instantly just be like, I'm an idiot, so sorry. Do you forgive me? Hope you do, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then see if they, if they then don't after that, I can't do anything. Do you know what I mean? But then they leave the room and you can be like, ah, fuck you, <coughs> man. She the last time they were fucking saying. Oh, I can't believe she just fucking <laughs> exactly. said that. Did you hear what she said? To some, most people, like, people tend to fall into two camps uh, and that type of thing. I would be like a pure. Listen, I'm, I, I'd be like, ah, I'll, I'll never say it again. Yeah. Someday, if I was to say to somebody like, you know, maybe you slip the tongue, you know, if you put a bit of weight, I'd never say that to somebody. I'm just trying to, try to find something like, realistic. How would I maybe I would say, say I, would, I would say to mean, 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 darn, no, a couple of comedians, I would be like, all right, biggie. Aye. And they're shorter than me. Aye. So I, and if they were to come up to me and go, I don't like people calling me that. Mm hmm. I would be in your camp. Yeah, but oh my god! But so I know sorry. so many people that would get defensive, and I don't think it's because they're an arsehole or because, I think it's because they're genuinely mortified that they've upset somebody, and that's mm-hmm. just how they react to yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? And they go into a wee fight or flight, and that's the way they just go Aye. back to. Well, you know, fucking... but think about that with like fucking catcalling and all that sort of stuff. Not even as bad as catcalling. Like sometimes when I was working in pubs, like it's pure darling, like hen, blah blah blah. Which most of the time I don't mind. It's more the the tone behind yes. it. Yes. That I really don't enjoy. Like I call everybody pal and buddy and friend and all this sort of stuff. But it's like as soon as it's like, oh, you're right, da- darling, going to get me. Or like shouting on me, darling. And there's like, I started doing it when I was in pubs where I'd turn around and go, no, it's pronounced Hannah. And then <laughs> they could let, you could see them going, I don't understand. Like, what does Aye. it mean? And it was almost easier to be like funny about it than to go can you stop calling me that because blah 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 because then those guys are then going to be like ah, you fucking can't say anything or yeah. that sort of thing you summed it up perfectly there it's the tone mm-hmm. it's the because paul would call me i've never said you've never called me big man if he called me big man mm-hmm. i'd be all right with it. but there's people in my life that know i hate it mm-hmm. and when they say it i'm like they did that on purpose because they know that that hurts me yeah, the, and I can tell but they're you know saying think that. A, it's a weird thing with guys, where it's like, and it's sort of put a, into that like oh, British humor. I hate using the phrase British in general, but it's that sort of thing of being like, oh yeah, you walk into the pub and you go, oh this is my pal John. He's a bit of a twat. Like, yeah. But I don't know if it's a guy thing, where you have to like knock them down a peg. Oh, I was thinking taking people down a peg. Uh, you have to sort of like knock bit. them down. For it to be, or it's almost like, that was always my thing with like guys in kitchens and stuff like that when I was working in restaurants where it's like, be funny. See if it's funny, I'll laugh. See if it's a sexist joke and it's funny, I'm going to, I'm going to knee jerk reaction. I'm going to laugh, right? See if it's not funny. Like that's it. Because like certain guys, like the the, uh, place that I worked had a big open like kitchen pass. You could see customers walking past and all that sort of stuff. And just like one of the guys being like, check her I would and then mm. you go 
you would what? And they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, what are you going to do to her? And they'd be like, oh, oh, it's just chat, it's just chat. And I'm like, make it funny chat at least. Yeah. What was it? I kept, uh, they called me, uh, one of the guys, another big Paul that I knew actually, who was a, a very large Paul, a very tall Paul, um, he she didn't say large. <laughs> I know. I know I'm so sorry. I said large. I'm like, no. Um, Is he? He better not be taller than me. I man. think he's I'm pretty tall. Go, I'm going to take him. Uh, out. I Big Paul used to call me Susie Suffragette, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Because he was like, oh, here she is, Susie Suffragette. I've what? got a thing with my my girlfriend where, and she and. Aye, I'm not like that. So, like, something like, say, for instance, like, Fairy Liquid comes on YouTube. Uh-huh. I was going to say the TV, but I don't watch TV <laughs> YouTube. I'll be like, ah, there you go. That's and she'll be like, ah, fucking hate you. But she'll do stuff, aye. Like, she'll do the same to me, but I'm always like, it's not the same because it'll be like, you know, football. And she'll be like, there you go. And I'll be like, aye, you know. Uh, aye, <laughs> that's, that's good. That's it. But aye, that. I've got, we've got like an ongoing joke where anything sort of that's traditionally, yes. you know, like a Hoover advert at uh, Christmas. I was like, there you go. And she's like, oh, fucking, I'll do you in, man. <laughs> uh, I quite like that. As long like, as you don't just get her the Hoover for Christmas, that's fine. That's exactly it. And I think also, like, you were talking about, like, the guy thing. It depends on the person. So, say, for instance, like, Darren, right? Like, mm-hmm. me and Darren have got a great relationship, so Darren knows I'm... But I could quite easily, and Darren could do the same to me, I could probably say a couple of things that would upset them mm. and the same vice versa. But I've got mates that I've known since I was like a wee boy mm-hmm. and I know that I can pick up the phone and be like, ah, what you want, you fucking dick? And they're just <laughs> That's like... That's such a guy. Do you know what Honestly, I, mean? I can't imagine, like... Being abusive towards your friends. <laughs> like, I've got a lot of guy pals as well, but I just can't imagine being... I think I once... I think it's before... Like, sometimes I use words and I don't really know what they actually mean. And I referred to one of my guy pals as a reprobate. And he honestly was so upset with me. Like, and it was like he was trying to get off with one of my girl pals. And I went, oh, I went, don't, don't, don't. He's a fucking reprobate or something like that, right? And I think I just said it because it sounded funny. And I then parroted it back to him being like, oh, I told her you were a reprobate. And he was like, I can't believe you just said that about me. Like, is that what you actually think about me? And I was Mm. like, no, but I thought this is what... I'd be betting that he's more upset that he was trying to get off with your pal (laughs) (laughs) and that you slagged him off to her than that you called him a reprobate. I'd be like, ah, whatever, but like, not somebody that you like. And I said that, I'd be like, what? What (laughs) But we've got like a weird thing. And I think it starts when you're like a teenager. I remember it was sort of 13 becoming relentless with my mates you're just relentless with each other but it's like so fucking harsh but when i was that age so there was like i get called pie man because i was fat and then like (laughs) my other mate get called this and it it is funny i'm not laughing because uh but no like there's i think there's a difference between somebody slagging you you know, we tend to go for things like the appearance or your family or your, then actually just saying, all right, you dick. Aye. And just being like, I think there's something, I don't know. I think guys bond over that in Aye, a weird it's way. It's a like, weird thing. I'm not like, saying there's anything like bad, bad about it, but I'm just going, isn't that interesting that that's the way guys talk to each well, other? There's a lot of hits and misses. Like, it's definitely tone because I, I used this in Scott Squad. My brother's boss used to call me Fridge when I was younger. It's after an American football player, and his nickname was Fridge. Massive guy, well, massive. Like built like a fridge. Yep. Ah. And I, because I was ch- chunky when I was younger, mm-hmm. I, he called me Fridge. But see, when he called me, it there was no, 
it wasn't a bad it wasn't coming from a bad no. place it's hard to describe that as well i just know that he never meant any bad from mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and i found it really funny and if anything anytime he called me i actually was like i, I like that and, and you're I like i'm in yeah like, and I've I, got re- a nickname. I remembered it as well mm-hmm. when then when scott squad was happening they were like what do you want to call your dog and i was like fridge <laughs> <laughs> and Probably but then yeah. if it comes for somebody else like the tone a big man or something mm-hmm. i'm like i know that that's not coming for a place uh, mm. it's, it's hard to describe i suppose it's like i call people baby all the time mm-hmm. as well i call put i call guys baby i always call Stuart mcpherson baby and stuff as well that's really cute i like that so i know like if we were pals and i called you baby i'd think you'd find it funny right but mm-hmm. i know that a guy in a pub calling you baby you'd like, be like right, baby. oh my god <laughs> I, me and my pals have started to it's quite funny I don't know where it's came from but we go like BB and I don't know it must be like a TikTok thing or something like that but we'll be like somebody brings over whatever and we'll be like thanks BB and yeah. we'll do this like high pitched voice and now I realise I do it to everyone yeah and i'm like i don't uh, there was a, oh there was also a phrase uh, a phase where it was like if somebody bought you something you'd be like thanks daddy like as if they were your sugar daddy but then you say that to anybody else and they're like i'm i'm sorry what did you just call <laughs> I, me yeah. you're like no yeah but yeah i quite like baby i think that's cute but i think like that's a thing that's almost like certain guys have ruined that yeah. other ways where it's like call someone baby like that's so cute yeah I like that. You can call me baby anytime. Thank you very much. <laughs> I either do it like I'm Elvis or I say baby. Baby? So. Yeah, no, like, I think that's the, with us being like BB, like, that's something in our heads that we're like, we're doing it in a voice. Yeah. So it's like a bit that you're doing. It's like yeah. almost like some shtick. <laughs> I, like. <laughs> pro, it's probably TikTok. It's I know. melted <laughs> everyone. I love it. I can't get yeah. enough of it. So, can I just do a time check? In 10. One hour and 10 minutes. Sorry, I'm chatting absolute garbage. No, not at all. I wanted to have you on. It's fantastic to (coughs) to have you on and to to learn some stuff. Mm -hmm. Sorry for having testicles. I mean, I can't cross my (laughs) legs. How dare you? That's fucked my head. I'm like, (laughs) uh, I need to buy like some type of pouch or something and just... Put your, put your testicles in the pouch? Yeah, tape them to my belly and mm-hmm. just start randomly apologising to females and trains because that so won't get sorry. me prison. <laughs> <laughs> Darren's no. just going to be sitting on trains like that now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when is the Oren Moore show? The Oren Moore show is the 23rd of March, which, which seems like ages away, but I'm like, January's over yeah. pretty much. And then there's two months mm-hmm. and then we've got to do this show. So I'm like, Ooh. like, so 23rd of March at the Ormore at half seven, I'm going to say. Uh, I should know this information. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's going to be exciting. Well, mm-hmm. when I did, a lot of people that listened to my podcast came to my show at the Ormore. Mm-hmm. So if you are listening, please buy some tickets and support mm-hmm. live comedy it will be a good show um what is your uh, i'm dyslexic so i <laughs> fucked your handle up what's the social media handle it is at uh it's at the sad girls club at no <laughs> jesus Christ, dyslexic as well uh, <laughs> at the sad girls club 2024 yeah uh we're on instagram we're posting funny things and just i'm posting a lot of like just like girl memes like just being like 
it's hard to survive as a woman in this life. And here's a funny meme about it, which seems to get more traction than me actually going, do you want to buy a ticket? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that's where we are. That's where you get all your sad girl updates. It also seems like anybody who sort of came to see the show before, you're sort of in the club now. You're in the sad girls club because it's yeah. set up like a, a like an AA meeting for sad girls to come and talk about what they're sad about. Um, in a funny way, of course. I need to keep add, adding that caveat of being like, it's funny. Yeah, it's, a, co- it's, a, <laughs> it's comedy a comedy show. It's a comedy. Yeah. Um, but I, so it's like, the, if you cut, and what seems to keep happening is like, girls come, they watch it and they go, I need to bring my girl pals now or I need to bring my mum or I need to bring my aunties or whoever it is. And so like, we constantly get people who come back but have brought another 10 folk because yeah. they're just like, Oh my god, somebody needs I know I know that girl. I know that girl that's on stage right now. I know how she's feeling, or my mum knows how she's feeling, or my granny knows how she's feeling. And so they just keep bringing them back. So it's quite good if you follow us on the on the socials, it almost feels like we're in one big club together and we're just going, This is a bit shit, isn't it? This is a bit shit. <laughs> Hi. Life <laughs> is shite. Life's shite, but we're figuring it out. And yeah. if you laugh at it, then it's not as shite. Yeah. Good. Well, Nearer the time I will promote it on my own social mm-hmm. media. I will promote it through this podcast as well. And I just wish you all the best. Thank you very much for coming in. That was yep. that was good for me. I, I needed Do you feel like you've you're you're a, a better man now? Well, you know, like I think I am a good person, but you know, you get lost in your your own lane mm-hmm. and you don't kind of look outside your own lane. Some I know that it is hard to be a female and sometimes I forget that, you know, I can walk through a park at night and I'll feel all right. Mm. I mean, there's no reason for me to walk through a park, but I certainly won't be scared. Aye. And then, you know, you hear some f- female friends saying like when they walk down the street, they, they wear one headphone oh, yeah. instead of two. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right, that shit doesn't really enter my head. Oh, there's, so there's I get all it. stupid stuff that girls do. Not stupid stuff, because it works. Uh, I've had a pal who, from like, us being about 12 with each other, constantly had 999, like, in her, dialed in her phone, ready to go. Uh, when yeah. she's walking home by herself. Like, girl, like it's the whole, like, walking with keys between your hands, like, all that sort of stuff. And don't get me wrong, like, we don't, like, in the show, we don't, like, batter these subjects or whatever, but it's, yeah. like, girls just sort of talking about how hard it is just to sort of even when you're and then your boyfriend does break up with you and so you're dealing with that and all this other pile of shit on the other side yeah. and uh, like one of the girls we were talking about people pleasers earlier and stuff like that one of the girls is and it's me who wrote it but it's a uh, one of the another girl hannah another hannah that's in the show she does this monologue about being a people pleaser and how that's stressing her out and all this sort of stuff but it's her being a people pleaser and dealing with the fact that like there's rape culture and there's walking yeah. home with keys between your hands and there's Tory governments and there's all this sort of stuff and yeah. your rights are sort of getting slowly stripped away from you if you look at America and things like that. So yeah. fun, fun, fun. Uh, I mean, I have I have seen it myself during lockdown. I used to walk. I loved walking mm-hmm. and I used to walk with a weighted vest and there was a canal that I used to walk up and... Uh, you know, had a skinhead, wore my weighted vest, mm-hmm. and I remember a female walking towards us, and I'm got the tunes in, mm-hmm. and I remember like almost childlike thinking mm. she looks fucking terrified. Aye, why does she look scared? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
like an inner dialogue. And I was just like, I wonder why she looks scared. And then I was like, kind of like looking around and stuff. And I never realized. I'm like, she's fucking scared of me. <laughs> it's uh-huh. me. I'm a uh, scary man. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously like, you know, but then as I, I think I'm a good person, mm-hmm. as a good person, I'm like, should I say hello? Should I say? And I'm like, no, don't say hello. Just keep your head down. Keep walking. Because mm-hmm. like, obviously I, I want her to feel safe. But it's just weird. Like you're like, I'm a good person. I want to say something to make her feel better. But then saying something will probably make her feel uh, worse. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Just, yeah. just make sure that you can sort of signal that you're safe by like moving as far as fuck away from the person <laughs> yeah. as possible. I, I can remember. I could edit this out if, if you if you think this is offensive in any way. But I went to um, what's the gay club in Merchant City? Polo Lounge. Polo. I went to Polo like maybe twenty five, and that's like. Sort of probably like my age now, like a 40 year old guy followed me about Polo mm. the full night and, he, and I went out for a cigarette and he was coming up and he was lighting the cigarette and he was trying to talk to me. And I was like, I'm no gay, mate. And he was like, I don't care, I don't care. I can remember turning around to a pal at the time and going, I want to punch fuck at him. Like, this is this is giving the, me no, the fear. And so she was like, Welcome to my fucking Aye. world, mate. It's she was so like, I get this every single night out and I can't. Just turn round and go fuck off, or I'm going not fuck out you the way that you're mm. wanting to date this guy. So, like, this is women's life, and I, I can remember sort of being a light bulb moment for but me. It's not, being but like, then, like, oh even on God. a wider, a, a, what am I trying to say? A wider spectrum of that is that that's not just women's lives, then that's like gay guys' lives as well. Yeah. The, the issue is, is predatory men. Men, yeah. And it's that way of like, yeah, like, Yes, that's a woman's experience. Yes, that's that sort of thing. Oh, like that sort of like, welcome to my world. Like, I feel like that's been like a joke for ages and like sitcoms and stuff like that. I've been like, when they go to a gay club and the guys are like, oh my God, these guys. And it's it's interesting that like other men, when that, other straight men, when that happens to them, they get angry. They're like, what the fuck is this? Like, leave me alone. Like, all this sort of stuff. But I guess because you've never had to deal with it. But I'm going like, if that sort of, it doesn't matter who the person is. It doesn't matter whether you're male, female, gay, straight, whatever. A predatory guy is a predatory yeah, guy. Yeah, 100%. Uh-huh. Like, he's just going to come and do what he wants to do because no one's going to tell him to fuck off because he's a, a big guy or, like, any other... But then also there's that thing of, like, it's it's not always the guy who's uh, the big guy waiting in the bushes coming to jump out at you. Sometimes it's, like, a pal. Sometimes it's yeah. a guy that you've trusted. Oh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the nice guy. Sometimes it's oh, I've had so many fucking nice guys in my in my well, that's ex- what sexual Adam was saying at the start, like the the male feminist hunter. It's mm-hmm. like the yeah. whole pure. It's like I know, was actually born be by a mother, so like therefore yeah. I'm a feminist. No, I, I remember watching a bloody BBC Breakfast and the guy <clears> with the fucking top knot and the full shebang and was wearing a flamboyant shirt and he was mm-hmm. talking about how he'd created this thing about raising awareness for sexual assault and then you went on to Twitter and there was just like three or four women that had been retweeted just like uh-huh. that guy sexually assaulted me yeah. like what the fuck and yeah. he's out there being like Holier I'll save you now. I'll save you I'll be the big saviour you know like you can trust me yeah. and it's like well, I, I had a guy like, mental that shit into it really there was a guy from mind. my high school who like proper fancied me and all this sort of stuff and like I think like I was always like, oh, he fancies me, but I'm not interested, but he's not a bad guy, right? And then there sort of became this like sort of thing that he was, a rumour that he was endorsing that he was a gay guy. And then, so I sort of let my guard down. 
and turns out not a gay guy um was sort of using it as a ploy to like get Grope women or whatever. women i like you know it'd be like i then had a dodgy not like a pure trauma experience of being like oh my god like i now need to like go to the police or anything like that but just went like oh yeah that was dodgy wasn't it there's a lot of experience i think a lot of women my age will start to go like oh yeah see that thing that i thought was a fun time and that guy i was texting that's weird now like oh i was texting that 30 year old guy when i was 19 that shouldn't have been happening yeah and it's because you sort of go oh but it's fine like i'm having a good time and da 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 but it's like you're sort of being led down a path of like oh yeah and he's a nice guy and we're friends and all that sort of stuff but actually it's like they're sort of masterminding like a situation to do that yeah have you seen that promising young woman young woman no oh my gosh you need to watch it um so it's sort of set out like a it's like a thriller almost so it's like the main character in it um she she goes to bars and pretends to be drunk and the nice guys will be like oh darling i'll just make sure you get home i'll make sure you get home okay and they'll and then (laughs) be like oh you know what just come and stay at mine yes and then as soon as they start to try something on click she's sober as a judge and they freak out and she and it's like a whole other story like that unravels in it and stuff like that yeah and the don't the whole time i was (laughs) there's like a sort of um phrase that's going around with a lot of like young feminists it's like good for her good for her like yeah she's fucking mental yeah she's like then like in this movie ends up like killing them or whatever she's doing but like i'm a bit like yeah sounds about right good for her yeah. like she's she's and these and i think a load of guys were really pissed off about being like like watching it being like ah, and she's crazy and she this is what women do to you and like all this sort of stuff and you're like nah like is it? I don't. <laughs> we, or like we're all yeah. we're all tricksters. Yeah, all never had any experience you. of that no, shit. No. But Me, have... we've spoke about this on this podcast. I've seen it a couple of times. I'm hypersensitive to everything, right? Mm-hmm. Noise, Aye. anything, like anything. I'm just like constantly mm-hmm. watching. And I've said this on this podcast. I've cut through the town sometimes, and I'm like looking about, and I'm like, those guys are public. Those are public pickup artists, mm. and they go so like you know swarms really Mm -hmm. and they go towards like girls and nights out Mm -hmm. thankfully a lot of them have been called out and caught and stuff but you see it Mm -hmm. you're like it's creepy as fuck and and, you know anytime i've also joked about this in my set um you know people will say not all men i'm like well anytime i've got a creep Mm -hmm. it's a guy oh yeah and i've the joke is like anytime a woman's a creep towards me it's not a normal women aye the per- it's a person that needs help mm-hmm. but the the guys are just creepy bastards like it's never yeah just a, a regular female that's fucking no, crazy it's, towards aye, it's us they're like, <clears throat> and it's that thing it's not that they're allowed to do these things but yeah. it's that like there's more scope there's more there's easier ways and like i think especially like if it, it's all changing now but just like the way that girls were brought up of like don't talk back to people and don't be rude and smile and like there, ah, there's certain guys that I realise now from like my past that I go like oh I was nice to them the whole time like I smiled I, if we but like guys that would a guy would come over to me in the pub and be like oh you're right Hannah and I'd be like oh how are you how's your mum da 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 he'd walk away and I'd turn to my pals and be like he's a creepy fucking bastard like I hate him yeah and they'd be like what the fuck are you and I was like oh but you can't be can't be rude to people 
you can't be but that's like a thing that's proper instilled in girls is like but you need to be nice yeah like you, it's not ladylike it's not ladylike you need to be pretty while you're doing it you need to be like you know what yeah. i mean like be pretty but don't try too hard wear makeup but make it look like it's not like proper makeup wear like no makeup makeup and you need to look like effortless because if you're trying too hard then no one's going to like you and it's a I think I'm just doing the Barbie monologue at this moment in time. No, yeah, <laughs> like... it's, it's, it's nice to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm glad that uh, things are changing slightly mm-hmm. even. But yeah, I see it all the time. I'm glad that those type of people are dying off. Like I do a lot of mental health recovery meetings mm-hmm. and stuff and you'll get like old guys in their 70s kissing people in the, okay. in the cheeks and all that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I thought I was just being nice. But I, I'm seeing that people are saying stop doing that mm-hmm. i don't like that mm-hmm. and i'm like right that's good you know it's good that things are changing oh yeah well that's sad girls clubs happily at the we're driving it forward i've yeah. just been like i think like half the message is just like it's okay to feel all these things yeah. and it's okay i think that's the thing as well like when i was going through like this big breakup and all this sort of stuff i felt daft for being as sad as i was like i felt sort of ju- and it was I thought my life was over like I honestly thought my life was over I had to move back in with my mum and dad and like um I was like you know what I mean like I was in work and I was crying constantly and like all this sort of stuff and it, then it but then it was stuff like oh yeah Hannah's been broken up but she's dead sad the guy was a bouncer and he then after breaking up with me having a secret girlfriend I eventually like blocked him on everything was like that's it done he got a job uh, at the door of the club next to my work like literally like and I think it was that thing of him being like um like I don't want this toy but I don't want anybody else to play with it type thing so I think the fact that I'd went right okay enough's enough I feel mental like all this sort of, you're probably telling everybody that I'm crazy and all this sort of stuff I've cut it off now he was like oh, wait a minute I'm not done yet yeah and so I had to like walk past him every day um to go home I'd got, just got a flat like round the corner from the work as well and I constantly had to be like is he gonna follow me home like is that what this is now and don't get me wrong none of that happened but I'm going the fact that I need to think about that is fucking ridiculous yeah so sad girls Cubs sort of this amalgamation of being like you're allowed to be sad about the sad things like you don't have to I think because like if women are sad then they're crazy and they're emotional and they're all this sort of stuff because it's like oh you've just been dumped it's fine but actually being dumped links into all these other things that you have to deal with, which are also just shit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to go on my TED Talk for you guys. No, that's fine. no I really enjoyed it. <laughs> my feminist TED Talk. No, here, it's the longest podcast that we've done, oh, I think. I'm so sorry. So it's been very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um and that's us we're, we're yep. just going to wrap it just up wrap yeah up. don't uh, let me talk anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no it's been a pleasure having you on mm-hmm. pal and anytime you need if you want to come back on you're welcome mm-hmm. you want to come to a gig you're welcome you want to do a spot i'll sort you out I'll see if i can write some more uh feminist <laughs> feminist content for you hi as I i'm know. just standing in the back like that <laughs> It wasn't me. I'm not taking up any space. Not all men. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag not all men. Boys boys cry too. Yes. Thank you very much, everybody. Paul, thank you for your help and see you next week. Bye. That was class. (laughs) 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.